You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys as always. Let's let's transition to volleyball here as we – it is signing day, and I, I want to get to the top-ranked volleyball recruiting class here in a moment with Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated who joins us right now on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. But, Lincoln, you were at the press conference yesterday – and for the folks that might not know, uh, Huskers Volleyball has their 300th consecutive regular season sellout on Friday against Iowa uh, before they travel to Columbus to take on the sixth-ranked Buckeyes on Sunday. John Cook gave us a little bit of a history lesson yesterday. How awesome was that story uh, of the transition from the, the pavilion to the Devaney? I mean, how, how awesome was that story for you, Lincoln? It was pretty cool. I mean, John liked to, uh, he dug into the, the history books. I'm like, uh, he was very hesitant to go over to the uh, Devaney Center and uh, had to get a, maybe a little slap on the wrist saying that uh, we'll take care of you. And uh, when that, when that comes from, that, that scolding comes from uh, Tom Osborne. You, he, you, you listen up. So, um, but I think they've proven that was the right move and uh, really the solid streak has continued and continues to be one of the more impressive feats in college athletics. The, the thing I took away from that, the, those comments that he talked about how the sellout streak begun when he was talking to the Beef Club and then obviously the move from the Pavilion to the Devaney was that I realized that since day one when John Cook got here, he's had this vision of what he wants to make Nebraska volleyball. And, and and it's now coming to fruition nowadays. Is that kind of what you understood from that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he wants to be the best program in the nation and, and also really wants to grow the sport. And I think he realized in order for everyone to, to, to have Nebraska reach the pinnacle of where, where, you, where you want to go, you got to raise up other programs. And mm-hmm. I think he's been really good about that, too, of um, just raising the sport as a whole and uh, pushing other programs to not be fine playing in their small thousand seat arena in front of a handful of fans too i think and that really you see that happen in nebraska with pushing the envelope as far as crowd as far as game day atmosphere as far as amenities as far as support that student athletes receive here it's the crowd is just kind of part of the overall vision that cooks had for the program since day one to make everything possible experience for fans student athletes and uh the program all right, Lincoln, so Nebraska signs five ladies to the volleyball program today, all five going to be playing in the 2022 Under Armour All-American game, which is just crazy. They A lot of them have experience playing with each other on the under-19 U.S. team. Uh, they played with Becca Alec, Maggie Mendelson. All, all of these ladies have, have experience playing with each other and have experience playing um, – you know, uh, extremely high level competition. But my question for you is out of these five, who is the one that you're most excited to see next season? Oh, that's a great, Oh man. Uh, all of them. But I, I think that the, the biggest one that I think really excites me, I, I mean, Harper Murray and Bergen Riley really kind of set themselves. I mean, they're the two highest ranked, but um, watching clips of both of them play, I mean, Bergen Riley played with the senior national team as a 17-year-old high school senior, which is un- un- unprecedented, really. But what the physical attributes that um, Harper Murray brings, I mean, she is just an athletic freak, uh, can jump out of the gym and just also has just a, a 
just a whip of an arm that really kind of uh, adds another element to her game too. So I'm excited to see both of those two. Uh, if I had to pick, oh, I'll give the slight edge to Harper Murray as being the one I'm most excited about. But I think there's a level of excitement with all of them. We're joined by Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated, covers uh, Husker volleyball um, for, for Huskers Illustrated over there. And we're talking about the recruiting classes. The Huskers sign the number one recruiting class in the country. They uh, get the number two, number four, number five, number seven, and number 13 overall recruits in the country um, here in 2023. And, and, and John Cook, or excuse me, they, they, Nebraska announced that all five of the recruits will enroll in January. How much of an added benefit is it to have these, guys, these players on campus all at the same time, number one, and all so soon? I think it really helps. I mean, you see the difference it's making with players like Becca Alex this year, too. I mean, she came in, had that starting job from day one, maybe wasn't expected when she enrolled in January, but it put her in position to capitalize off that, too. So, I mean, you'll see, we'll see some what the makeup of the team is uh, at the end of this season, whether or not we have players come back for uh, a fifth year or if there's any transfers. But I think it puts all five of them in position to really compete and contribute to, to next year's team. And there may be a few open spots, too. I think the person who maybe has the most clear path is probably the libero defensive specialist, uh, Lainey Choboy, uh, um, because I think there, there's a definite role for her if Kenzie Knuckles doesn't come back. She can kind of slot into that second defensive specialist role and really um, provide a lot of defensive uh, kind of a corner, another cornerstone to Nebraska's defense. Now, you mentioned that she might have the best chance coming up, but my question, and it's, I don't know if this might be out of line or anything, but Bergen Riley, as you said, she she played on that U.S. women's national team, coming in as the number four uh, overall player, number number one setter, according to uh, prepvolleyball.com. And with the lack of, of playing time we've seen from Kennedy Orr, is there any way that Bergen Riley has a chance, I mean, there's always a chance, to come in here and, and be the starter day one? Oh, definitely, for sure. I mean, I, 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 when I say Laney is the clearest path, I mean, but I think with, when Burton comes in, there'll be a good competition. Hopefully, Kennedy will continue to work, and we'll see what, what kind of develops up. And Ani Evans has put a good showing uh, this season, too, as part of the 6-2. But I know John Cook likes to run the 5-1. Um, and, and I think Bergen, really, with her international experience, playing for the national team, um, and what she's been able to do at the high school and club level, too, really kind of puts her in a good position, too. I mean, she's also uh, another six foot one, another kind of physical presence. I mean, she's playing outside hitter for her high school team and then has racked up more than a thousand kills in that in her non natural position. So she is an athlete out there and very physical as well, too, which I think is what you need to do to run a five one is have a setter who can be physical at the net and not be somewhat of a defensive liability as part of that block. Uh, so, Lainey Choboy, as you, you mentioned, her coming in and, and having an impact, she was a, a recent commit, and now she's a signee, they, they, a flip from Minnesota. Do you know what went into her, her decision to flip from Minnesota to, to Nebraska? Yeah, I, it's kind of, I don't, there's, uh, Minnesota head coach Hugh McCutcheon announced um, a couple weeks ago, maybe in a month, sometime in October, that he, this would be his last season, that he'd be stepping down. I don't know, hopefully there's not any health issues, but he did announce that he would be kind of stepping down from the program. And that kind of opened up um, possibilities. I think a couple other players looked around. I know they have a couple other commits said they were going to stick with the Gophers. But she, she kind of that uncertainty opened things up for her. She took a visit to Texas, took a visit to Nebraska, and just 
I think like the culture and like the fit, which you knew a lot of the, a lot of the players here at Nebraska from playing with the junior national team, and uh, everything kind of lined up and uh, presented opportunity where they can add a or I mean when you can add the number one libero uh, recruit mm-hmm. in the, a week before signing day is a is a bonus and just kind of a, a really coup in the uh, recruiting world. All right, Lincoln. Last one before before we let you go. We appreciate you joining us on, on kind of short notice here. Uh, we're joined by Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated um, as we're talking about the signing class. Uh, one thing that John Cook did mention yesterday um, in, in the press conference was with the move to the Vanny Center. Not to bring that back up again, they didn't miss out on a whole generation of volleyball of uh, fans because they do they do have an older crowd that didn't want to give up their seats and understandably so. How does that attribute to the club action being so strong and and being such skill um, here in Nebraska? Because if you look at at the state tournament that just happened last week, you have mm-hmm. obviously Olivia Mock, who's a Nebraska commit and one of the best uh, one of the best liberos on uh, in the, in the entire state. And you had players from Scott going to Michigan, players from Elkhorn North going to uh, Purdue, I believe. I mean. Talk mm-hmm. talk about the talent in the state of Nebraska and how wildly good it is. Yeah, and I think that it all kind of is plays into just the, the the culture of volleyball in the mm-hmm. state is important. And when you can get more people to go to a match, um, and get, you bring in young kids when they're. I, we talked to Lindsey Krause yesterday too. She talked about going to her first Husker game at twelve years old and just kind of. Uh, being awe of that experience and maybe kind of part back of her mind wanting to be part of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that adding that extra opportunity, I mean, doubling the size um, to 8,000 people per game really opens up and kind of gets, lets people see, hey, here's an attainable goal. If you put the work in, you kind of have some natural talent, uh, you could be part of this too. And I think that even if they're not, they don't end up going to Nebraska. I mean, that's kind of the, the downside is Nebraska high schools are starting to feed a lot of the Big Ten competition and other yeah. programs across, across the state. You see Creighton's doing well. Uh, UNK and Wayne State are doing well in Division Two. It's kind of fed a lot of the success in a lot of, in the area of the program. And the question is now, is 8,000 too small? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> tickets, are, tickets are sold out now all, all year round. I mean, is, is 8,000 too small? They need to expand now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a good problem to have, though, if if you're in Nebraska and if you're a Husker volleyball fan, and more importantly, um, if you're if you're a part of this program like John Cook is. All right, Lincoln. Appreciate the time as always. We'll thank definitely you. talk to you down the road. Yeah, thank you, Lincoln. You, see you, that boys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. Yeah, see you at that 300th consecutive sellout on Iowa, at Iowa on Friday. Oh yeah, big big party going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lincoln. That is Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated. Appreciate his time. As always, I'm, I'm sure as the uh, the season's winding down quickly, winding down. Yeah, um, they only got a couple games left in the regular season. We'll uh, we'll definitely cover it through still, the entirety. As it stands right now, their goal was to be a top four seed, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one seeds in the tournament. I think as it stands right now, they're still in line to do that. But I think they'd be the last one seed. So we'll see how things shake out, and if this uh, Big Ten season continues the way that people, many people, expect it to, then they they should stay in that top four. Well, here's what's interesting. Um, it's you don't want to look forward obviously because especially you have a a big one on Sunday on the road at number six Ohio State. But and looking went, ahead, you went five with them earlier but, this season at the Devaney. But looking ahead, you have on November twenty fifth at home on Black Friday, you have the Wisconsin Badgers coming back in to your house now mm-hmm. this time after they um, swept you. And, and and frankly, brutally put, 
you played pretty poorly that yeah, game was on the road to Wisconsin. Not not Nebraska-like. So um, November 25th, not to look too far forward, um, in one, two, three, four, five games, you will have the Wisconsin Badgers coming in and, and very well could be if Nebraska takes care of business like they should or expect to in these next couple games, could be for the Big Ten title. Um, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Eric Strickland and Nathan Brennan for the crossover, as usual, as we wrap up Wednesday's show on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.